Welcome to Let's Therapy, where we get real and raw about your mental health, faith, and blended family. We're your hosts, counselors, Scott and Vanessa Martindale. Now let's therapy. Hey guys, welcome back to an episode of Let's Therapy with Scott and Vanessa Martindale. Before we get started, we do want to make this disclosure uh, that if you are needing help for a mental illness, this is not a replacement for therapy or counseling. We do suggest that you contact a local counselor or in an emergency, please dial 911 or 988 to identify a trained professional that can help you. But today we're going to dive into a pretty sensitive topic that yeah. um, honestly people just don't want to talk about, yeah. which is teenage suicide. Mm-hmm. So I know you have some stats on this, Vanessa, kind of yeah. walk me through what you're seeing. Well, you guys, um, I pulled this from UCLA Health, and um, this was from last year, um, and it was actually updated recently, this February 23rd. Mm -hmm. So um, it says that suicide is the second leading cause of death among people ages 15 to 24 in the U.S. Nearly 20% of high school students report serious thoughts of suicide, and 9% have made an attempt to take their lives. And that's according to the National Alliance on Mental uh, Illness. Yeah. Yeah. Those stats are scary. And I know as parents, uh, and honestly, we're parents of a teenager as well. This is something that we, we are at least acknowledging, Mm -hmm. but most parents don't want to seriously acknowledge the fact that this can affect your family. It is not necessarily a result of something that you have done as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, but nevertheless, we know that teenagers deal with suicidal ideation. I can remember uh, a story, and I'll just kind of point this out, is it was years ago or maybe a year ago that um, you know our 17-year-old was in a situation where a friend of his had told them that he was con- or she was contemplating suicide. Yeah. So not only is this in our lives, but it's also affecting our teenagers in areas that they are now coping with other people around them that are thinking about suicide. Yeah. So let's talk about some ways as a parent that you can start identifying, you know, when there's, when there's an issue. Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is, you know, your child Mm -hmm. and when you see behavior changes or things that they used to really enjoy and they're detracting from it. Yeah. Know that there's a problem. Yeah. You know, and I would say um, some other things are, you know, if you see signs that your um, that their mental health, like if you're seeing that it's under attack, you know, yeah. if you're seeing, um, like you just said, Scott, different behaviors, um, if you're, you know, noticing, um, you know, they seem less joyful mm-hmm. or um, even the words. So, you know, listening, even when your child is not talking, there mm-hmm. are things that you can see and perceive mm-hmm. and you know, that's off. Um, you know, uh, uh, I would say, you know, also friend groups. I, one of the things that our son has shared with us is that, you know, it's popular to do things such as cutting and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and that there's actually groups, um, where kids do this together and they, yeah. they, um, um, you know, do these behaviors, you know, whether it's at a friend's house or, mm-hmm. or in, I would say engage in, you know, kind of dangerous activities, so to speak. Um, yeah. But- what you're referring to, there's actually two different types of disorders in, in the DSM, which is kind of like the mental illness kind of Bible per se, is there's suicidal ideation. And then there's also non-suicidal self-injury disorder. Mm-hmm. And they're two completely separate things. Although I know most people will join them together. 
Uh, and we're going to talk about kind of the non-suicidal injury disorder just a little bit later. But like you said, changes in behavior. Um, the other thing I would say is, as parents, you have to be willing to ask hard questions. Yeah. We are a society that really just moves at 120 miles an hour, really never focusing on the details. We're just worried about what's tomorrow hold, what meetings do I have, what, you know, what's my, school, my child's school schedule. You know, we're moving on to the next steps. So we forget to look at the details of the day-to-day and have those hard conversations of, hey, this is something that I've read or this is something that has been talked about. Can you and I have an open, honest conversation? Yeah. Because I, I do want to point something out here. Mental illness, especially in teenagers, is not something that they actively pursue, mm-hmm. meaning they're not trying to get to that position. You know, it is an illness. It is something that affects people. So a lot of times they're they're thinking these thoughts and they don't want to think them. Yeah. But they don't know how to not. And they don't, you know, in therapy, we've talked about this a thousand times, it's not necessarily the most coolest thing to pursue. So they're like, well, I don't want to go to counseling. I don't want to be in therapy the rest of my life, but I'm having these thoughts and I don't know where to go with them. Yeah. So as parents, you got to be able to have those hard conversations like, hey, how are things going in your life? You know, you seem a little distant or you seem to not enjoy the things that you used to enjoy Mm -hmm. you know are you having good thoughts or you know are you sleeping well you know kind of walk me through what's going on in your life yeah and you know what there you know i would say some risk factors for teen suicide so some things that you know you could you know that can play into this you know it can be having a psychiatric disorder or Mm -hmm. depression anxiety bipolar disorder oppositional defiant disorder maybe there's a family history of a mood disorder or a family history of suicide or suicidal behavior mm-hmm. um, history of physical or sexual abuse or exposure to violence or bullying is another one substance abuse is mm-hmm. another one um, you know uh, exposure to um, you know friends or family members who actually have committed suicide you know it can even be Um, You know, we get this a lot with blended families, um, trauma from the parents going through divorce or Mm -hmm. things like that. And so, you know, there's a lot of um, different risk factors that can play into why teens, you know, start feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're down this road. Yeah. And we touched on the the, kind of the non-suicidal behavior disorder. A lot of times and the difference between those two is, you know, suicidal behavior is looking to end your life non-suicidal behavior disorder is you're doing things to have a release. So if you're very stressed, that's why cutting is one of those that's often talked about in teenagers. Uh, There are other more risky uh, asphyxiation type techniques that people use. They're really just trying to do something to their body to feel a release so they don't feel the pain, the stress, the anxiety that they may have felt uh, previous to that. And again, you mentioned it before. I think a lot of teenagers kind of group up and go, man, we can do this and we'll all feel better. Yeah. And substance abuse comes into that as well. But that, that difference is, is they're looking for that release of stress. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And, and some warning signs that your teen might be suicidal. And this kind of goes with the behaviors, but it's even talking or writing about suicide. You know, for example, I'm going to kill myself or I won't be a problem for you much longer. Just even 
you know, remarks mm-hmm. like that, some undertones with, with the words they're saying, you know, withdrawing from social contact, mood swings, you know, increasing in substance mm-hmm. abuse, uh, changing normal routine, including eating or sleeping patterns, feeling like they're trapped or hopeless. These are all things that can be warning sign warning signs that your teen might be, you know, having some suicidal ideation. Yeah. And we see this a lot in, you know, today's culture. We see this happening with people who have uh, sexual identity disorder, people Mm -hmm. who are struggling in that area. Yeah. The other thing I would say is if your teenager has has attempted suicide, the likelihood of them attempting again is also high. You know, usually about 25 percent of those who attempt once attempt again. So, again, if this is a history for you and this is a history for your family, we want you to be on high alert. We want you to be in noticing those behavior changes. We want you to be comfortable having those conversations. You as a parent have to step up in here. Mm-hmm. You have to step up. Yeah. You said it earlier. It's the second leading cause of death in that age group. Mm-hmm. So it's a problem and we have to take notice. So we're going to talk about now what to do, yeah. how to take those steps. And I really want to kind of focus in on, you know, a lot of people, you know, teenagers say a lot of things for attention. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that. But this is something we don't and shouldn't play with. So first thing I would say is if you notice something, if you if your child maybe has that comment of, well, I won't be a problem much longer, or you notice these extreme changes in behavior and maybe you've had that conversation and they've said, yeah, I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. The first thing you want to do is getting yourself with a licensed counselor. Now, depending upon the severity, you need to have that assessed. Yeah. You need to have that assessed. That's why counselors are very well trained in assessing somebody's suicidal ideation. Yeah. And then from there, once you find a counselor, and if you need to help on finding a counselor, there's a great website called Psychology Today. You can go in there, enter your zip code, and you can find a counselor who is local to you. The next thing after you have assessed them if the counselor feels, and this is, we're talking about a minor here, if the counselor feels that inpatient psychiatric care is needed, they're going to tell you as the parent Yeah. that, hey, our recommendation is that they go into an inpatient facility. This is a safe place for them. Yeah. So this is, there's hospitals all over the country. They can go in and they'll do something, you know, an eight or a 10 day program where they can kind of separate them and get them the help that they need. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. Then afterwards, again, I would also recommend family counseling. This is something that's going to be traumatic for your entire family. You want to get around people who are supporting you in that area. Yeah, no, that's good. And some, you know, just to piggyback off of that, you know, what the some of the things that you can do to prevent teen suicide mm-hmm. is talk about mental health and suicide. You mentioned that earlier, Scott, paying attention, paying attention to their behaviors, Um, The warning signs that we talked about, discouraging the isolation, you know, monitoring and talking about social media use. Mm -hmm. We hear a lot of that, um, that it's a lot of things stem from social media, the comparison, the, Mm -hmm. um, you know, fear of being left out, things like that. Encourage a healthy lifestyle, support the treatment plan if they are seeing a counselor and Mm -hmm. their counselor has them on a treatment plan and monitor any medications. If they, you know, if they start taking medications to treat their depression or anxiety, things like that, making sure that you're monitoring that and safely storing your firearms, your alcohol, Mm -hmm. your medications, things like that, that could be, um, used as uh, a weapon, so to speak, to um, to carry out suicide. 
Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because I think a lot of people maybe don't think that many steps out. Yeah, if you have guns in your house or if you have uh, availability for that, you definitely want to be safe. Um, Overall, guys, you know, again, our desire is to bring light to topics that people generally don't want to talk about. Yeah. You know, so if you're listening to this podcast and you're raising teenagers or you have friends that are raising teenagers, uh, the first thing I would say is, hey, don't be embarrassed. If you face this or if you're in this problem, don't be embarrassed. Uh, mental illness is, is is real as any physical illness, and it can be treated, but we have to pay attention. We don't want to be the receivers of what we didn't pay attention to. Yeah, and one scripture that I absolutely love that I want to leave us with, it's Psalm 147.3, and it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And um, I love that so much because I know that, um, you know, teens or even adults that suffer with mental illness and suicidal thoughts, um, that we can really, we can call on the Lord and we can um, pray to Him and reach out to Him. Um and just believe and have faith that even in our brokenness and even in um, those dark situations or those dark moments, um, you know, that he can bind up hmm. anything that we've experienced and that um, that we're thinking about that's negative um, and turn it into something good. Yeah. Guys, this is, again, one of those podcasts that we wish we didn't have to do, but I'm so glad that we did. I'm so glad that you listened to this. I hope that if nothing else, it alerted you to the situation that, hey, this is a possibility. No matter who your family is, this doesn't generally just affect, you know, the low socioeconomic. It doesn't affect certain uh, races or religions more than others. It is everywhere and everybody needs to be aware of it. So our hope and our prayer is that you don't have to deal with this. But if you do, we want you to be prepared. Guys, thanks so much for joining us for an episode of Let's Therapy. We will see you again next week. Be blessed in all that you do.